show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Good morning, Tux. You there? Morning, yep. <laughs> How's it going? Hear. How's it go, man? You're, you're, you're getting too busy for me. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> happens like that. I knew you when you were nobody. Now you're you're you know, you're getting too big. You're getting too big. We got we gotta we gotta clip your wings. No. Just kidding, man. Wait, you're you I mean, penguins can't fly though. We we should be good. Yeah, I guess so. True. I was looking through my uh, Christmas ornaments um, yesterday, and I found these two penguin ornaments, which I never before would have thought anything about. But this year, I'm just like, huh, it looks kind of like a Tux the Penguin. And they're just, I, I don't know why, I just happen to have a couple of them. It's entirely unrelated. With, but... with, the, with the red bow tie, though? I doubt it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to add one. Yeah, we, we should sell these on Monerotopia. Little uh, Tuxedo. Christmas decorations. Yeah, I, I would, I would get behind that. <laughs> I'd buy one. You'd buy one. I, I don't know about anybody else. What have you been up to, man? I know uh, how's cake going. Oh, it's going great. It's going great. Um, just getting into the groove. Getting there's a there's a lot of stuff. We um a lot of different services and a lot of things like software, different th- different software, different services we use. So I'm just I'm getting accounts for all those. Getting you know, looking at everything that's going on, yeah. and looking at what probably needs to be prioritized for the wallet in terms of feature set and like bug fixes and all that kind of stuff. But Okay. Okay. And we're making a lot of progress with the uh, XMR Bazaar. Obviously we spoke about it on the last show. Um, yeah. That's, that's, but... that's doing some interesting stuff. All right. We're getting close. We're getting very close. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, we'll put the word out there. What was the name of the room that you created for on element? On um, yeah, I can link it. It's just an XMR Bazaar uh matrix space but i'll put the link in chat yeah, throw it if out there join yeah if anybody wants to join uh anarchio's in that room the guy who's building it um and then we're in the room and a couple others you could ask questions and then uh if you want you could help us test things out once we're ready to to launch we're already uh been testing the escrow we might do some more tests with that so please jump in there if you guys want to help out uh, all right, yeah, let's let's get moving because I know you got to leave early today. So uh, let's let's try to move things along. Let's start with the price report, and then we'll have Abdullah um, from Monero Noto. He's been on the show a couple times. He's actually coming in live from China. He went over to China a week or so ago to see the final production of the Monero Noto. So he's gonna not some dedication. Yeah, he's gonna report. Making sure that. there's no spyware being installed on the firmware. It was just, you know, there's a lot of difficult communication going on back and forth. I think some minor miscommunication. Mm-hmm. So it, Easier to just go over there and get things dealt with. They're just going over there, hanging out at their offices, and then he'll go to the factory when they're actually ready to start start making these things. So I think I think it's interesting doing that. Yeah, he's he's really dedicated, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, let's uh, keep it moving. So the price report.
The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer. Hey, buddy. Gentlemen. Buddy, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just chilling. Going through uh, a big update here. FreeBSD just released 14. They actually released it like last month, but I never update immediately because um, I don't know. I always figure there's probably a bug or something, so I usually wait a month or so. Anyways, going through some update troubles, but uh, maybe I'll get that worked out today. Okay, okay. Nerd, cool. nerd shit. Nerd, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I can't I just run you Ubuntu like everyone else? Yeah, you're, 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 you're hardcore, man. I think well, technically I'm, I'm using Ubuntu on a virtual machine. The microphone sounds better for whatever reason on Ubuntu. But um, yeah, that, that is funny. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. Like I, I've I've meant to give it another hack, but it's like when you have something that works, it's like, well, why fix? You know, don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Mm, yeah, a virtual machine that does its thing. That's the reason. Here, here's here's I mean, a crazy... it's not like it's resorting to Windows. It's still Linux. But <laughs> here's a crazy question. I'm probably asking the wrong crowd because you guys are gonna probably steer me down the wrong road. But my my daughter needs a new laptop um you would kill me if she if you knew what she currently has she's currently using a, a google chromebook um she's she's only you know she, she's young she's only like nine years old and she's got to you know do a lot of google stuff for school so she uh you know, they have her logging into these different things google related things but what would you guys any recommendations for a decent laptop that maybe i could get her to like start to go down the the more technical path uh, I mean, Tux, you go for it, man. I think your I think your technical knowledge, particularly on Linux, is significantly beyond mine. Well, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I will be honest that Chromebooks are actually for like someone like your daughter. Chromebooks are actually a decent option, just okay. not for like you know it's Google and it's all Google software. In terms of security, they're really good. They're very locked down, and there's almost no way your daughter's going to like something up. But it's I'm a Chrome. Just- it's a Google Chromebook, you know. Yeah. So if you want something that's like going to promote her to like tinker, mess with stuff, maybe break exactly. something and fix it. Exactly. Uh, then you could get a there's there's a few there's a few companies I'm thinking of like there's System76. They have laptops that come with Linux on it. Um, there's a company called Tuxedo. <laughs> not Tuxedo, Tuxedo, right? Actual Tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, tuxedo computers. They make Linux computers uh, or just laptops that come with Linux on it. Um, and a framework's also really nice, but those are very compatible with Linux, but don't come with them. You'd have to install that. Mm. If you want her to use something like Linux, then those would be decent options. Um, if you like System76 and Tuxedo are the two first ones that come to mind if you want a, a decent laptop that uh, can come with a Linux operation pre-installed. So you don't have to like, you know, mess with installing that yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to obviously I wanted to have something that's super usable. Because that's the most important. Like it's got to. It's gotta yeah. Work. No, I mean those laptops are designed to just work out of the box, yeah. have a web browser. You know, you don't really have to do anything. They just yeah. kind of work. Um, now I don't know how much benefit she's gonna be getting if she has to do stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it would still be. It's more be, stuff, uh, like, except for the tinkering, right? So she's she's yeah. not always behind this walled garden. Like she could. Yeah. Start to figure out the the deeper inner workings. All right, cool, man. Appreciate the advice, um, body. Sorry about that. You can you, you can take uh-huh. it away. <laughs> I gave my niece a laptop, um, and then we installed. She was like, I think she was like eleven or something. This was years ago, and we installed um, Linux Mint together, and then she used that fine with no problems for for years. And I don't know the laptop went kaput. I'd probably give her Ubuntu now. Like 
if I looking back, you know, but um because Ubuntu just like it feels nice, it drives nice, it's like everything's just easy, almost everything basically works. Um awesome. but, uh, yeah. Um Okay. So I guess we should go ahead and get started on price here. Get chit chat yeah. all day long. Um okay, so Monero technically broke that one seventy level we were looking at, but not not for long. Like it barely broke it and um like it, it looks still positive here. Um, you know, probably this thing will continue to drift up. At at some point, like we'll probably see some big spike to the upside. In my mind, if we see we Monero see make, um, was that anyone that wanted to say something, or was that like feedback? I think that was feedback. Okay, I'll, I'll, you know. Um, so uh, what we might see here at some point, what I would like to see is Monero pump, maybe um, maybe to this this horizontal area right here. And if Monero pump to that area, I would consider that a sign that there's more gains to be coming here in the crypto market. So Monero would probably like pump, level off, you know, do some weird oscillation shit like it tends to do, um, kind of like right what happened here. So probably it'll pump up here to this area somewhere. And if that happens, then I'll take that as a sign that there's more gains for cryptocurrency overall. Um, we had some more ratio um, pain over the past week. Basically, Bitcoin decided to take a nice big another fat pump um, up to the 44,000 area, which we'll take a look at in a second. And uh, Monero did not pump with it, and so it it dropped off. And that's, um, I mean, basically we're we're looking at falling below that trend line. We 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 have fallen below the trend line. At this moment, it's um, the week hasn't closed down there, right? So if it just wicked down there and came back up, you'd say, all right, that's just a wick. Um, but if this thing closes a week this week and then next week down here, honestly, like that's just really that's that's not good. Like that's that's not good price action, at least from a technical analysis charting perspective. One thing with crypto is that it it so very often doesn't do exactly what you would expect it to do from TA. And I mean, that's kind of true of everything. So this breakdown doesn't necessarily mean terrible things that we're about to crash on the ratio. But um, I mean, I do think that overall you've got you've got the general positivity. You've got the markets that all look bullish. You've got um, the macro that looks like it still has more to give. I don't think that what's happening right here with the pumps in the stock market, which we'll take a look at as well. I don't think any of this is responsible. Uh, I think all of it is just like a terrible kind of bad idea. Um, markets really should need, they really need to just chop for a while. They don't need to be pumping like this. This just spells inflation down the road. That's it's really all that matters, all that all it means. Um, but okay, you know, whatever. Got some gains. How are you going to complain about gains? Uh, so here's Monero versus Ethereum. Kind of, um, you know, we've broken down here on this, uh, on the lower standard deviation bands, which are the orange bands. You can see they've already curled under. So at this moment, in terms of the standard deviation analysis, okay, maybe it could come back um, and sort of meet these bands as they curl under. But this is like classic, um, this is classic sort of bear market or downside activity. So really what we're looking for here now is to find a bottom uh, on the ratio to of Monero to Ethereum. We're looking to find a bottom here um, at, the, at those lower standard deviation bands. So technically that would be from our current spot, that would be about another 10% down um, versus Ethereum again. So um, yeah, that's kind of what Monero looks like here relative to the other coins. This, this, um, this head and shoulders, it's technically still in play. Um, if we were to go down onto the daily time frame, you would be able to see that the standard deviation analysis, basically um, this should act as some kind of support, but at the same time, um, there is like, there's kind of this danger that this thing could break down even further. Um, there's no reason that this area necessarily, uh, that area right there, there's no reason that necessarily has to hold. Um, these are shorter time frame bands that have curled under, so they're not as powerful. 
Um, the, when the long-term bands start curling under or curling up, in the case of the blue bands, the upper standard deviation, um, the very long-term bands, when they start to move, that's generally a sign of a large macro movement um, that's in progress or just beginning incipient. So, um, yeah, I mean, the head and shoulders is still technically in play. You know, like we talked about, it will get invalidated um, when we make it down here to this area. Somewhere around there would basically invalidate the head and shoulders. Technically, it's not invalidated yet. You could still... Um, you know, you could still call this a head and shoulders and it would be valid. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep watching that again. It's a very large pattern. It's going to take months to play out. Um, I, I don't necessarily trust or believe a lot of this crypto pump. We have seen so many of the old shills, the old degens, um, come out of their caves, come out of their, I don't know, their little hidey holes to, to come out and tell people like, get, get long. We're going to 300,000 and all this, like, hopium and all this crap and it's like okay yes it, things are going up but i really don't like th this feels fake to me there's a lot of this that just feels fake now um again you've got the government printing so much money now there's a component to this that's real and we've got the etfs coming out so that's again that's that is kind of like a real thing that's that's there um but i just i don't know it just seems like things are just too far ahead of themselves um i you know we still haven't seen like why has this not closed yet why has the GPTC premium still not closed? It's still trading at minus 17%, minus 15%. At best, it got to minus 14% versus the actual net asset value of the Bitcoin held in the trust. So it's like, why hasn't this closed yet? Where are the institutional buyers that are saying, hey, like, there shouldn't there be big money right now? Shouldn't there be big money saying, hey, the ETF is going to get approved? Um, we're entering a new bull market. Shouldn't this thing have gotten bought up? Because isn't that like a free 15%? And... Maybe I'm just being uh, impatient here because you know you can you can clearly see the trend is uh, the trend is is to to be closing. Um, so maybe that will take until at this rate. Maybe that will take until March of next year. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see there. But at any rate, um, you know people can at least celebrate that uh, you got a nice move here, right? Let's um, let's take a look at how much that was technically since last week. We got 17% on Bitcoin. So I mean that's nice. Broke out of the uh, the sort of capping resistance here. Um, we'll go ahead and turn on the wave magic, uh, the standard deviations. So you can see the horizontal line. Sorry, these charts, be patient with them. Uh, you can see the horizontal line. Like that is a very natural area for resistance. Um, this 47,000 spot, 47,500, right? That was like after after the full peak in 2021, November 2021, everything you know fell back. And then that was like as far as things could get in 2022 of March or March of 2022. So like, that's a very natural place. And you'll notice that it, um, it just so happens to coincide um, with the top of the standard deviation bands. Now, if we really wanted to look at the standard deviation bands and to show you um, why that, why they're useful in a long-term sense, uh, let's go. To um, if you want to see why they're useful in a long-term sense, I'm going to delete, going to get in the way. Um, you'll notice, for example, on the last bull market, they're not really so great. Let's go to the, You'll notice on the last bull mar uh, bear market bull market cycle that these standard deviation bands were effectively like the topping area for the first rebound. And we're basically still in that first rebound. It's been longer, right? It's been uh, a more sustained kind of movement. Um, Bitcoin has enjoys significantly more credibility, more visibility in every way possible. So, um, but you'll notice, yeah, we came to the, to the top of these standard deviation bands. This extra little bit right here, that was probably plus token Ponzi when they were scooping up shitloads of Bitcoin. Um, and then that was the literal day of the top was the day they got arrested. It was like a Chinese, it was a Chinese Ponzi where, um, you would buy Bitcoin and then send them your Bitcoin. And then they would like, they were supposed to send you some token back or something. And it was all just fraud. Anyways, but the, 
<laughs> yeah, the classic, uh, you give me two, I'll, I'll give you 10 back. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, the standard deviations of the blue bands here, you can see that effectively like those act as a very solid reference point um, for sort of capping out. Um, now, hypothetically you said, okay, well, you know, we got above those bands back here and that can happen. That's why these aren't hard resistance um, in the term, like in the sense that like it's a line that you shall not cross, right? It's not a line in the sand, but it is an area. And right now we are in the area to expect that that things are topping out here. Um, especially when you look at the confluence of where that capping action happened um, in 2022 and, and where we are now. So honestly, on Bitcoin, this is profit-taking territory. However, I do think that with the ETF excitement and a bunch of other stuff and, and the macro still bullish and, and the reverse repo still having uh, maybe like 800 billion to dump somewhere into the markets, um, I do think that, I don't think that necessarily the run is over, but you just need to know that like we are now approaching that resistance area. Like, it is now time to start thinking about taking profits, pulling a little bit off the table on your long-term trading stack, um, and potentially rotating into some shitcoins. Um, you can already, see, and it might be a little bit late. Honestly, someone asked me, "Hey, what are your what are the your primary shitcoins that you'd want?" And I'm like, eh, "Well, you know, it's hard for me to recommend to go buy shitcoins right now because the time to do that was two months ago, three months ago um, when they were low." I personally have like a hard time. I'm not a trend trader, like right. I don't I don't like watching something pump and be like, oh, the trend is established. I will now buy 100% higher, 200% higher. I, I hate that. Like I feel like I'm getting hosed when I do that, even if there might be plenty of more gains on the way. So that's like my own, my own emotional hangup. But um, I do think it, there's reasonably good chance that we continue to see some of the shit coins pop off. We continue to see uh, maybe like a rotation. Uh, from Bitcoin into shitcoins, that's like traditionally how things play out, right? You get the big Bitcoin pump, everyone says the bull's back on, and then you get the the flood into the shitcoins um, and or altcoins. Not all of them are shit, but um, and, you know, and then and then everything crashes together. So, I would probably guess at this moment that January would be the place to look for um for fall offs for crashes, if nothing else, and just because of the pattern that we've seen over Bitcoin's lifetime, where when some kind of major inclusion in the financial system happens, then it crashes, right? Um, the classic December 17th, 2020, sorry, 2017, December 17th, 2017, when it got included on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Um, and, and then that was the literal day of the top and then it just crashed or, um, April 14th when Coinbase released coin. Uh, and then that was the literal day of the top. Uh, or then when the ETFs came out uh, again in, in 2021, the, 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 the futures ETFs, and that was like literally the week of the top. So if history is any lesson, uh, the release of the ETF is going to be bearish because insiders will be using that opportunity to dump onto whatever new money um, is now entering the market. So, and then, buddy, you think that's like then a, a temporary pullback, and then the climb continues, or it's an, a, then a, a new trend of going back down? I think we're going to have to really wait and see. Um, I think that I think there is a, still a market possibility. Like we're not out of the woods yet. Um, like right now it's, it's, uh, 2019, you know, and event 201 is happening <laughs> and then next year, you know, there could be some big major crash. Like that's, oh, yes. there is still risk out there in the market that looks like that. I think there is still tail risk. I don't, I don't think that any of this is normal with the, with the reverse repos going up to two and a half trillion and then like dropping massively back down. They've only got another 800 billion left to come out of the reverse repos to sort of prop these markets up. Um, I mean, they've got other tricks. They've, they've got other ways and means. So perhaps, you know, they, they'll figure something else out. Um, but, uh, you know, and then also we've got, we've got the fact that, uh, let's go get the bonds here. 
we, we've still got the yield curve inversion happening. So things almost got back to slightly above zero and then they inverted, you know, they went down again. So all the long-term um, yields are moving down right now. Again, this is not, this is not imminent crash territory uh, at the moment, but um, you know, this, this isn't normal. I mean, it kind of, after <laughs> the last couple of decades, it almost kind of is, but this is again, a major, major sign that things are not right. Things don't look good. So I just think to myself, I don't think we're out of the woods. Is it going to be just a pullback? What they did in 2019, um, the markets kind of like broke a whole bunch of trend lines, went to the upside, pump, 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 and they pumped all the way up until the crisis, right up until, uh, you know, that February timeframe. Um, when the whole thing started happening. And um, and then what I think that is, is like they pump the markets, they buy themselves room to crash. So when like the the demand destroying event, the tail risk event, you know, whatever it is, when the crash happens, the ultimate low is significantly higher than it otherwise would. Um, so in this case, in terms of like Bitcoin, um, we would be we would be looking at a, a situation where like, okay, if Bitcoin crashes here from 47,000, um, yeah, I mean, that crash is going to be bad, but it's going to be somewhere to the lower standard deviation area. It's going to be somewhere um, it's going to be somewhere to the regression analysis, right? It'll be at at the lowest. It'll be somewhere on this red line here. Um, if it loads, I guess it doesn't want to load. That's all right. I showed you guys this line many other times before. So there we go. There's the red line. Um, it'll be somewhere to this red line area, right? Like it won't be down here at 7,000. It won't be at like 8,000 or even 11,000. Um, some of the the more dire predictions that we saw. Um, I didn't I didn't really think that those were necessarily realistic numbers. I, I, I was suspicious that the red line could potentially break down. And at the moment that we were there, um, that red line was really like at the 14,000 area. We hit 15.5. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty close. Like that's actually remarkable for something that moves a thousand percent. So anyways, yeah, the point is that I still like maybe they can forego avert some kind of tail risk event. That, that's totally possible. I I guess that they could do that if we get one, if we get a tail risk event, um, like let's go to the NASDAQ, for example. If something like that happens, uh, and we'll actually go to the weekly because this will be, you know, you'll be able to see more clearly. Um, this this was the last time we had a, a tail risk event, uh, right, with the whole the whole uh, medical stuff that happened. So and, and that drop off. Um, I think that drop off was only like 30% as to work. It always takes a second. Yeah, that's 32%. So, um, you know, if something similar happened here, like let's suppose the stock market breaks to new all-time highs or gets very close and then it drops off by 30%. Well, that's just double bottoming on the lows. But, um, you know, they seem to get ahead of these things more and more each time. Like, okay, 2001 crushed everyone, 2008, um, they responded a little bit faster. Um, and then, uh, and then 2020, they like responded immediately and everything came back. Um, so, I mean, if, if some kind of risk event happens, like they're going to respond fast enough to recover the markets. And that's one thing that Jay Powell has said for a long time. He's like, listen, we're going to err on the side of raising too high and holding too high for too long because we can always recover the financial markets, <laughs> AKA we can always print our way out of, uh, out of stock market crashes. Um, so that's, um, you know, like, oh, and so you'll notice here on the stock market on the NASDAQ that uh, things have, have broken their local um, their local resistance. So yeah, we talked, we said, Hey, you know, of course, obviously that horizontal area, that, that local peak is going to be a spot of difficulty, but you know, then it just really jumped above it. The next spot is the all time high, right? All time highs incoming for, for the NASDAQ. Like that's what's happening. So I don't yeah. think that this, go ahead. But if, if we, if we go on that track, right. And we keep going up and we break all time high for NASDAQ, obviously you would think crypto bull market would, would still be in play and just go along with that. Right. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the mechanism that drives both of these things is liquidity in the markets, right? It is it's the ability to, it's, it's just cash floating around there, and then the ability to take leverage. So, um, yeah, if, if we see the NASDAQ going for new all-time highs then um, and continuing to go, that's just a sign that liquidity is, is still here in the markets. Um, I mean, right now from, so we're looking at the wave magic again, right again, right now, these look pretty good. Like this is, this is a nice looking wave magic. Um, and this is the kind of thing that you tend to see on the stock market. Normally you don't just go from the bottom of lower standard deviations after a big washout like this, hit the upper, the long-term upper standard deviations, and then just keep pumping. That doesn't usually happen, but we're talking about the stock market. And as we've talked about before, the stock market is ever positive. It is like the headliner thing that that the government wants you to say, hey, the economy is doing great. Everyone is doing fine. We're doing great managing the economy and you should continue um, obeying us. So, um, but, you know, like, so this is why this kind of signal, this kind of chart can do that on the stock market because it's, it is heavily managed to the upside, whereas most charts aren't going to act like this. So overall, like we are looking at, at, a, at a chart, which looks like pretty bullish, like, especially on the long term, like we're on the daily here, but, um, but you can see like uh, for the next few months, like, okay, maybe some chop needs to happen here, but at some point next year, unless there's a risk event, like this thing that the wave magic would say, this thing is, is looking positive to set up into a new true macro bull market beyond its all time highs. Um, I think it makes some sense that these all time highs here, right? This horizontal area, that's going to be resistance. Like we're not just going to break that. One thing that you want to see, though, is that uh, you'll wick above that and then pull back, right? If you wick above it and then pull back, that's like, hey, we technically made new all-time highs. That feels optimistic. We're just consolidating. Like, that's the kind of action that convinces people to buy. And, um, you know, you need the liquidity events. You need the government. You need the, the Fed, whatever. But you also need the real plebs. Like, you need the real people not stampeding for the exits. So um, I think they did a decent job, actually, of managing the stock market from crashing too much. Um, I really don't want it to crash, honestly. Like, I'm not a collapsitarian that thinks that my gold bars will buy me a city block. <laughs> you know, I would, I don't want my dad to lose his retirement, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, let's take a look at gold here real quick. Gold. Uh, yeah. Gold gave us like a huge wick to new all time highs um, technically for, for a moment and then pulled back. So that's not too surprising. We kind of talked about that, that, um, you know, being up here was probably going to be some kind of resistance and that, and that there's still room in this chart to kind of, um, uh, you know, for the cabal to, to, to do their little tricks. And, and, you know, like, I'm sure they had some profit here. I'm sure that some people got exuberant and bought the bat, you know, bought other people's bags here at the top of this wick. You know, they're going to keep this thing sideways. Again, we're looking at this. We want to see gold break to the upside. We want to see it break to new all time highs to, I don't know, let's just say 25,000 or sorry, 2,500, uh, 2,500. We want this thing to start moving up again. Um, we want to see it convincingly in a bull market for us to really, um, for us to really believe that, um, uh, that it's, you know, to, to believe that we're going to enter a new bull market, uh, a new macro bull market in stocks and crypto. Um, right now, like, so if we go to the monthly, you can see that there's kind of like this rising wedge here and this, this wedge is probably going to break up, but you'll notice that like, this doesn't end until 2030. So in terms of like, how long can the government, um, suppress gold and like sort of keep it capped down? Um, and are we ever going to suffer like some hyperinflationary event gold, this chart right here would suggest that we still have like another five years where they can, okay, got to release some pressure here. You know, it's going to do this. And then once that thing breaks up, then you, that's when we start actually seeing the potential for gold at 5,000 gold at 10,000, but we're not looking until after 2030. So in my mind, that would be a signal of like a, a significantly out of control inflation event. Um, they've been really good at being able to control inflation 
um, except for until lately, right? For 40 years, they've done reasonably okay at it, um, especially in the last two decades. So it seems like that system should break mathematically, but they've got so many tricks up their sleeve and they can manage things. And uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I mean, gold has the potential that like, it doesn't have to wait. It could just break out and, and keep going. But right now this, this triangle would suggest 2,600, 2,700. Um, there's other levels. Wave magic would suggest closer to 3,000. Um, so uh, let's take a look at the stats. I know that, I mean, that is the right one, but we got to go to the daily for it to work properly. Um, so yeah, okay. The stats right now would suggest 3,200. Right. So I would guess that in the next bull market, gold is looking at somewhere between 2,700 and let's just say 3,400 um, for like a, a topping out price. Um, at which point I would probably be selling pretty much all my gold and going into some kind of risk asset. So, um, but that's, you know, that's more speculative. That's farther down the line in the future. It's, it's hard to see things beyond a year. Like when people say this is going to happen in, two, you know, in 18 months or 24 months, it's like, you don't know that that's too far down the line to see, unless you're just really, really, really good. And you've just got so much information. You're a true, gen true genius. I guess some, there are people like that out there. Um, but we probably don't know who they are and they're probably not posting on, on Twitter about it. So they're probably spending their days doing the analysis. Um, okay. So, uh, I guess that's about all. This is Bitcoin, Ethereum. Again, still kind of looking like it's hitting those uh, upper standard deviation levels. Um, oh, I wanted to look at shitcoins a second. Uh, we, we can look at dominance too really quick. So dominance continues to sort of follow this this wedge pattern that we'd seen up here when it was uh, tagging the top of that. That was a good opportunity to, to buy some shitcoins. Um, you know, if this thing breaks down, like if, if this thing goes to the downside and then breaks to the downside, that's actually a really good sign um, for significant shitcoin gains uh, to continue. So you might you might watch that. Um, but, uh, I have no, no idea if this thing will break to the upside or the downside. It looks like it starts to find an end somewhere here and somewhere in, in March. Right. So this thing could just continue oscillating to the upside. Um, but like a, a shift in the macro profile of like the current uptrend, um, that, that should break the Bitcoin dominance, some chart right there, like that, that should break that pattern. Um, so the last thing I wanted to look at here was just relative shitcoin performance, um, Let's see, AVAX and ADA, for whatever reason, those guys have been pumping. Um, when we when we see shitcoins popping off a few at a time, to me, that's a signal of like they don't have the full liquidity that they would want to sort of like pump everything all at once. So they they do the best they can. They pump this and then they wait and then they pump that. Right. We had the Dogecoin cycle um, was happening. And then we had the uh, right now we're having like the AVAX and uh, and ADA cycle. Uh, Mr. Charles Hoskinson's coin He's probably celebrating. Um I didn't, I didn't put soul on here. I need to put soul. I don't know what ha what's happening with them. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's what shitcoins are looking like. Litecoin and, um, <laughs> and Binance token uh, in, the, in the doldrums doing nothing. Um, I guess I'm fine with that, whatever. I don't care about Litecoin or Binance coin or hardly any of these other coins. Uh, let's see. So is there anything you guys wanted to look at? Or uh, if not, I think that's... No, no, no. Let's get over it. Go ahead, buddy. Sorry, last last thing I, I always say this. It's always it's always like a kid that's like just one more. <laughs> um, so this is the Bitcoin transaction count, and I just thought it was funny. Let's take a look at three years. So you can see Bitcoin, the transaction counts that were happening were basically three hundred thousand um, for the bear market. You know, under under three hundred thousand for the bull market back here in twenty twenty one. We were looking at three hundred to three fifty, and then I don't know something happened in April of this year where it just like just totally went crazy. So anything in my mind, anything above the trend, and the trend was basically um, three hundred thousand. We'll just say three hundred thousand, just to give it like the best. And then now the trend is, I mean, wildly—I don't know exactly—just wildly oscillating. But this is all NFTs, right? This is all ordinals. This is all 
um, BRC20s that you can't eat. Like, there's no DEX. You can't even trade it on Bitcoin. It's not like, like Ethereum, at least you can buy a shitcoin and then like use Uniswap and get some liquidity in and out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you can't even do that. You have to rely on centralized trading platforms for all these ordinals. Um, and yeah, they're oscillating between, let's just say 400,000 and 700,000. But on the bright side, this is taproot adoption. Um, this is what they wanted. So, you know, it's here. We got taproot adoption finally. Uh, and I mean, big, big, big topic. I don't know if we want to get into it. We could get into it later on the show. Uh, obviously, there's been lots of talk of censorship that's happening uh, or theoretically starting to happen in Bitcoin. And then just, you know, coming to a point with a, you know, a potentially seeing another community split in Bitcoin. Um you know, similar to what we saw with the block size debate back in the day, right? Like, I feel like we're, we're kind of really coming to a head. There seems to be two two groups in Bitcoin forming. I don't know. Yeah, thoughts? it is very interesting. Um, one thing is clear. They're not going to have consensus. I don't think they're, there's no way they're going to be able to get consensus um, for like excluding ordinals at this point. Mm-hmm. So are the maxis going to violate, but will it be a violation? Because like, okay, the maximalist camp has block stream and they've got, um, they, they've got the people that have merge um, merge authority over the repo, right? Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, they wouldn't even have to, to fork the repo. They would keep the same repo. Um, and I think that that's, that's powerful. I think that, you know, if you get all the lead devs, all the lead guys, and there are people out there like, oh, there's no such thing as a shut up. Yes, there is. Like there's, uh, there's about 10 people in Bitcoin that if they all said, let's raise the block size or let's block ordinals or whatever, like there's 10 people out there approximately. And if they said it, then every, like all the maxis would fall behind. Um, but I even have maximalist friends that, that like ordinals. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to, it seems like it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a little, like it's, it sounds nice. Like, okay, they're, they're going to split off. They're going to have like this big split. Um, I don't think they'll do it. I think that's too much pride for the maximalists to eat. Um, and I don't think that they, they'll be able to do it. It's just so contentious. They, they just won't have a choice. If there's any hope at ever motivating change in Bitcoin, I think it will be after the next bull market. Um, like let's suppose Bitcoin caps out at 200k next bull, next bull, and fees are like I don't know. There's probably some math we could do to like estimate where the fees would be if Bitcoin capped out at 200k. But let's just say fees are like consistently 200 dollars, uh, and then it you know Bitcoin pulls back to let's say 70k, and then fees are still like 50 dollars, um, and then Lightning Network suffers as a result, and there's still a shitload of ordinals. Um, that will motivate I think people to be like you know what maybe we need to merge some soft work like ctv or maybe we need to raise the block size or maybe we need to reprice fucking reprice the ordinals um right like that's it's it's like i just i think it's going to be hard for them to get motivated to really come to a consensus to do anything until the pain is significant because if the pain's not that bad and their price is going up but like if their price is going down and there's still high fees like that's a double hit and they'll be like it's time to change. all right i'm sure we'll talk about it more perhaps later yeah. um thank you so much buddy Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yep. Thanks as always, buddy. Thank you, Tux. Sweet. All right. So we've got Abdullah. So we're doing guest next, right? Yeah. Let's bring you up. If Abdullah's around, let's bring him up. I, I think it's a good time. All right. Let's do it. The Mineratopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. All right. Abdullah, can you hear us? Looks like you're muted, Abdullah. Is he, is he ready for us? There he is. Hey, man. Hello. Abdullah. Hey, can, you, can you hear us? You got, you got a lot of background. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me. 
Yeah, we hear you, but it's a decent amount of background noise. Dula, can you hear us? Hey, uh, I'm not getting sound. Just hang on. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of white noise coming from his... Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe we could have him try to find a better spot, and in the meantime, we could do news. Dula. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Doug. Did you say something? Yeah, we, we, yeah I don't think the connection's too great. Uh, yeah, I'm still not getting any sound. Just, uh, just a moment. Sorry about that. I think I hear cars honking. Yeah, he's like out on the street. <laughs> it would be cool if you give us some video. Yeah, let's see where he at because he's in China. What, he's what in city? What city? Uh, I'll, I'm not sure. Right? Um, yeah, I think we should. Uh, yeah, still can't hear you. I'm right, just gonna unplug my headphones. Abdullah, why don't we? Um, why don't we move to? Well, he can't hear us, so I'll type it in the chat real quick. <laughs> You want to go ahead with news then, and we'll uh, hold them off. Tell them to find a. We'll tell them to find a better spot. Okay. Um, How about now? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Can you hear us? Can you Still hear us? can't hear you, Doug. I'm afraid. Oh no. Ah. Uh, All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we communicate with them in the chat and go ahead and do news? All right. Yeah. I'm hopefully, sure hopefully she's it. Uh, I really don't have uh, incoming audio for some reason. Yeah. Uh, maybe thumbs up if you can hear me. Yeah, we hear you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, not going to be much of a conversation, but um, <laughs> uh, here I am. Oh, hey. Guangzhou, China. All right. Factory of hey. the world. Uh, a little past, uh, well, just about quarter to one Sunday morning. Yeah. And uh, I just thought I'd show you guys a little bit of the city, walk and talk. Hope it's not uh, too much of a distraction. Yeah, perfect. This is awesome. Um, so uh, my first week here, just wanted to quickly get the updates out of the way. Um, my first week here, uh, managed to finish the yeah, managed to finish the design of the chipset, and that's being sent off to the um, uh, to the factory, and uh, also managed to finish the case enclosure design as well. And uh, so I'm expecting samples, uh, production samples. In uh, I'd say about a, a week or maybe a week and a half, and uh, mass manufacturing uh, would probably be uh, something like uh, four weeks from then. So, uh, yep. Once again, apologies for the delay. And, uh, I know you guys have been waiting. A lot of uh, guys who pre-ordered have been waiting, and uh, possibly a lot more people just waiting for us to begin shipping before they place their orders. And so. Uh, yep, work is well underway. Uh, it, it was a bit of a hassle with the different time zones and uh, coming here really has uh, kind of uh, sped things up. And uh, yep, the renders are on the website. So the final production um, case and, and everything. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And it's pretty, it's pretty great here. Um, uh, politics aside, it's kind of like New York, I suppose, lots of skyscrapers. Um, and so uh, I'll be here probably till the end of December, which is when my visa expires. And then um, in that time, I hope to kickstart our mass manufacturing. Um, and so trying our best to deliver uh, end of December, if not, then probably the first couple of weeks of January for sure. Um, uh, a few a few other things. Um, Updates on the Noto project. So uh, I know this was uh, important to, to us. Uh, and uh, essentially, uh, we've got a few refinements to the case. Um, 
Now, um, we've got a, a flat side. We had to relocate some of the buttons, buttons to the side so that uh, the Nodo can, uh, you know, sit flat as well as stand vertically on one of its sides. And uh, the back as well, we've got uh, a notch. Uh, you could hang the Nodo on your wall or something in either orientation. So uh, ports facing up or ports facing down. Uh, we've got a setting in the interface that uh, kind of allows uh, you to flip the orientation of the display so you could you could probably have it whichever way is uh, is best for you you know cables facing down or facing up uh, some people last time requested uh, a kind of night mode and uh, so we've got that going as well so what it does essentially is turns all the uh, interface elements um, red so the idea being that it cuts out white light or blue light and so this is compatible across the user interface. Uh, I should point out this is um, for the embedded uh, UI only. Uh, so the web UI is still going to be the regular default colors. Uh, and what else is new? Oh yeah, we've got a new screensaver option. Um, so you could now choose between um, the news carousel, which we've been developing for some time now, as well as uh, an analog clock, which was uh, really fun to design big fan of analog watches and horology in general so that was a fun little exercise and uh yeah that's uh pretty much it for the updates uh, too bad about the sound uh, i really would have liked to hear you guys uh answer any questions fortunately uh yep all right that's good so, that's good well um yep that's I'll it bring it up. Uh, that's it from my end and uh I'll keep you guys uh, posted on uh, developments with uh, with the production samples. Like I said, that should be another week or week and a half, and then yep. So we'll finally have real pictures of the of the case, uh, the colors uh, that we're uh, developing. So as you know, the limited edition uh, Nodo is going to be orange, and uh, uh, permanent colors are going to be black and silver. And so yeah, that's the that's the updated case huge display uh full hd resolution i think we went over this uh, last time as well and so the the display on this is actually larger than the entire case uh the old case and so really excited to bring you guys uh this product it's been a long time coming and thank you all for being patient with us we've got a few limited edition notos so grab them while you can and then you could always if you want the black or silver you could just probably wait until the limited edition ones are sold out okay all right um, all right we'll leave we'll leave it at that Tux, if, if can't hear us yeah that, that's all right, good all right great uh i was sure about the sound again right. thanks everyone we'll, uh, for your patience and support it really means a lot to me and uh, to Jack, of course. Yep. <laughs> Sayonara. See you. All right, man. Fantastic. Um, I thought that was awesome. great. Yeah, that was great. I'm glad he just we went with that. He did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job. Props and to him. So Abdullah, you know, he he approached me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, Yo, Doug, to to get to get to the finish line. He's like, I'm just gonna have to go over there to China and you know sit down with them in their office and then go to the factory and just be be over their shoulder. So he actually did it um cheers to you man thank you for doing that and uh we will get to the finish line without a doubt at this point we are we are closer than ever um 
you can go to MoneroNoto.com. You'll see all, you know, what, what Abdullah was talking about there in terms of the features and what the Noto does um, and the, the specs of the device itself. Uh, one, of the, one of the bigger changes we've made as we've been building this, as Abdullah talked about, is the larger screen. And the reason we added a larger screen is because we, we want this thing to be more than just a node. It'll be something that sits on your desk and it will be broadcasting you uh, Monero news, kind of like a constant, constant slideshow of latest Monero news, showing you the Monero stats, things like that, while also being a dedicated, first and foremost, a dedicated full-time node that you could easily connect to. Uh, it also has a way to add your your view key using a light wallet, Monero Light Wallet server. So you can use uh, Monero Light Wallet uh, Light Wallets without sacrificing any privacy. Um, and yeah, those those I think are are probably the biggest and, and most important features. And then also it will it can mine right. So um, we see people posting posting videos of their car radios mining, uh, you know, things like that. So it'd be silly for the Noto to not also be mining, humming along in the background. It's not the most efficient way to mine by any means. Uh, it's first and yeah, foremost. It's not like a code, but you might house or a server. But it's cool that yeah, while it's sitting kind of idle, you could have it do some mining. You know. Yeah, it's a very easy plug and play with that as well. A few clicks of the button and it uses P2 pool. So you mine uh, solo. Well, they'll point out for those people that want something, because there's a lot of people like, you know, certain European countries where energy has become really expensive. If you want something that's really low powered and efficient for just a node, this is great for that because it's a very low power, efficient arm chip. So. Yeah, and it, it's it's designed to you know scale with the network, right? So this it won't be outdated in like you know a year. It's we built it for at least five years um, in terms of being able to handle the, the growing size of the blockchain, and then I think uh, you you'll be able to add, you know add space as well. So yeah, and I totally agree on that based on the specs. It's got it's got pretty good specs for for what it's supposed to just do, which is be a node. Awesome. And yeah, maybe we'll have Abdullah. I'm sure we'll have Abdullah one more time before he leaves because we could hear from him. And ideally, we could do it from the offices or from the factory. That would be really cool. That would be amazing. Uh, maybe we could even get an English speaker from there to jump on. That would be that would be that would be amazing. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll leave it at Are this. Are we paying the factory workers in Monero? Uh, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. And add a uh, gratuitous tip address so you can tip your factory workers from, that built your Noto. <laughs> that would, that would... <laughs> the QR code on the... Oh on my the gosh. We'll, the... we'll have Abdullah hooking up all the factory workers with, with the wallets. That would be epic. Um, all right. Let's keep all it right, moving. All right, jumping into the news. Let's do it. And now for our weekly news segment. All right. I picked out... A bunch of different articles. There's like a lot of news posted this morning, so I just picked a, a bunch out. Right? I sent you a bunch of links. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of good ones. I just picked picked several out that would be uh, most privacy minor related. So first one, um, which I have to do at work. I, just, I don't have to do this one first, <laughs> but I want to. Yeah, I want to. Uh, so Cake Wallet just came out with version. Well, Cake and Minero.com Wallet just came out with version 4.11.0, which includes. XMR policy support. So now you can do 16 word uh, recovery mnemonics for Monero using Polyseed. And Polyseed is great because it includes an embedded wallet birthday 
in the mnemonic itself. So every time you restore that in Cake Wallet, it'll automatically restore to the correct block height of when you created your wallet. You don't have to save the block height or save the date of when you created that wallet anymore, which is great. You can also, this is like features of policy itself, not built into Cake yet. You can, for policy, you can encrypt it with a passphrase and you can store up to three extra custom bits for other information in the future. So it's possible that Cake Wallet or other wallets could utilize those extra spaces for data in the future for other use cases. And you can also... Wait, wait, wait. Explain that to me. So, so they're just like storing the block height. You're saying you could potentially... Store. Yeah. So it was designed around being able to store extra data in the polynomial. And you can, you know, by default, it stores a block height, but there are three bits for extra data that could be used for something. That's cool. What do you, cool, what right? Kind of ideas. Like, what, what do you potentially see that being used? Uh, maybe like extra, like specific wallet information. I don't know. Um, like three bits isn't a ton of information, but it's extra like a, data little, like a little, little message to, to the person you left your wallet to, or even like, uh, yeah, something small like that. Your sure. will. It could be, essentially be your will, <laughs> your last will. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see what if if they get used for anything in the future. Uh, it'd be cool to see what that that would right. be. Inscribe your last will and testament into the that. That's pretty but cool. The um one of the the interesting features that's um often XMR pointed out in a simple X group I'm in is that I didn't know, but you can actually derive the legacy twenty five word seed phrase from from Polyseed. And in one of the next versions of Cake Wallet, we're going to display, if you create a policy wallet, we're going to display the legacy one also. So if you want to use that uh, that Monero wallet or that Monero seed phrase in a wallet app that doesn't support policy, you will still have the option to import the legacy seed phrase. You can't derive a policy seed phrase from a legacy one, but you can get a legacy one from backwards compatible in that regard. Right, 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 so right. that's great. And if you like... NFTs, we now have an NFT tab for your Ethereum wallet. So you can show off all your NFTs inside Cake Wallet, which is cool if you like NFTs. No, I haven't really messed around with this yet. But like, so somebody who has obviously has been, uh, has, has Cake Wallet, has been using it, has the old seed written down. So how you would have to send to a new wallet and then you can, right? You'd have to yeah, send to it. Exactly. You need to create a new wallet, send your funds over, and then you'd have a PolySeed wallet at that point. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I haven't created my first one yet. I'm gonna, I'm going to be doing that. And and, and any should people have any concerns whatsoever in the, in terms of this transition? Is there any any fear of any security flaw or something like? Or it's no. very no. straight. Even though it's less words, it's still. Uh, I I can't speak exactly to its security, but my understanding is that it's the same, if not more secure than 25 word seed phrase. So yeah, there's nothing to be like somewhere like that the the 25 or it's actually right 24 plus the checksum but like it doesn't yeah, actually yeah. use 24 words of of in in its in terms of in its prob like randomness it's it's actually only I don't know I read that I I read yeah, somewhere yeah yeah I don't know if you could explain that but I couldn't I, <laughs> I haven't looked into that we think more words right would be uh, think yeah yeah we think more words yeah it's it's doing it's more random, but yeah. from understanding, policy at sixteen words is not any less secure than the twenty-four, yeah. twenty-five, or 24 legacy seed phrase. And it's words. using different math to create the mnemonic. Right, right. Okay. Uh, I, I, I have no knowledge on or ability to explain any of that. So I'm not going to try. Yeah. Okay. But uh, if you want to know more, there's. Um, let me see if I can pull up the actual page here. If you go to 
Tevador's GitHub, he actually has um a repo, probably see because Oh, okay. I guess he's worked on it a lot. Um, Dude, we gotta get Tevador back on the show, man. It was years ago and he was just kinda like he came on uh with Howard, I believe, that time. Oh, that's um, a that's a spicy combo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was when they were working on random X Oh, cool. Yeah. That wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can see all the features here, uh, and it's you know it's got all the details and stuff. But it also supports more languages, uh, so it can be in like ten different languages. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, pretty cool. Uh, so update your Cake Wallet, and ooh, this one's this one's pretty interesting. So if you follow this account, Monero General Fund or at Watch Fund, this account just I think automatically posts whenever there is a donation made to the Monero General Fund. And there was one a little bit out of the ordinary this past week. There was a massive 2,696.73 XMR donation, which is equal at the time to about $464,889 US. And people, of course, are, you know, thinking that's that's awfully close to the amount that was stolen from the CCS hot wallet about a month ago. It's awfully close. Plus it's point twenty one, right? Plus a little bit extra, yeah. Just a it's few 21. extra, more extra. Yeah, twenty one was that was that intentional? So they like they they even calculated the fee, so it would come out to an extra point two one, like Satoshi. <laughs> like, was there something there? P- people are speculating. People are speculating. That's all I can say. It's maybe it was it's from a massive sudden. Maybe it's from Satoshi. <laughs> from Satoshi. Satoshi. I mean, the point twenty one extra is hilarious. It I mean, is funny. It is funny, right? Dude, it's from Satoshi straight Look up. Get a oh, generous whale out there, or the hacker really felt some remorse and decided to do something funny. So, so now the question is: So was it? Was it like? Obviously, we don't know. All right, this could have been completely somebody else wasn't the hacker, right? Just somebody else gifting it back to fulfill what was stolen. But if it was the hacker himself, so then that, that was the idea the whole time to uh, to show the flaw in the system, to show that changes needed to be made. And here, here's the here's the money back. Because even Fluffy at some point had said maybe maybe look. The hacker will give it back. Yeah, I mean, about. the hacker basically, if if that's what he did, he just did them a favor. He just right. did them a favor. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, your yeah. system sucks. I'm going to take it out of the bad wallet and put it into a better one, which I believe the Monero General Fund has a better wallet, right. um, which is it's funny to think about. I I personally doubt that's this. Um, it's probably just some whale trying to make them whole yeah, in yeah, some yeah. way, like some, some person that just has been in Monero forever and has like a crap ton. Yeah. But that's that's... It's a bit out All of right, the way. Guys, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I said that. No, that was not me. Um, but Doug yeah. doesn't have any Monero. He doesn't own any XMR. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had some. Please donate. Send me some. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with that theory. Uh, just an. Just an OG stepping up. Somebody. But yeah, else. I keep speculating. It's funny to to see. That that is that is funny though. And then with the point two one extra. The point two one. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Exciting. Awesome. We're back in action, guys. We're so back. And you, this is yours if you want to read this one off. What, what was this one? I don't even know. Uh, oh, Peter Schiff had posted, if you want to open up his thing, uh, he posted about the Supreme Court case that's happening right now where they're, they're be- basically uh, essentially testing whether or not uh, unrealized capital gains tax would be constitutional. Um, I don't know the details of what the actual court case is about, 
but basically what's what's being tried in the Supreme Court is the constitutionality of essentially of a of a government trying to implement unrealized capital gains, right? So it's it's very, very important, right? So if the findings are if the Supreme Court essentially finds that it is constitutional, uh, then if we do see the IRS, uh, the federal government, implement new tax tax rules that go after, you know, they've talked about the billionaires tax, right? So going after billionaires who have these assets that they never liquidate, and it's not fair for them to have these assets. We need, the government needs a way to take take their value. So there, there, there's been talk of implementing unrealized capital gains. Uh, so we're potentially seeing uh, the government finding that it is constitutional to do so. And then if that were the case, and the government were to then, uh, the IRS were to create these new rules, um, you know, we're talking about a, ho- a whole new way, a whole new way for the government to now to now grab, grab your money. Uh, and, and in a way that is, is quite scary, right? Income tax is already, is already a sc- scary thing. But if, if governments can do this, then, and they can also print fiat at the same time, it creates a scenario where they can slowly extract more and more value out of people to the point where people are no longer able to even afford to hold the assets they have. They'll have to sell off, sell off their assets to pay the taxes, uh, potentially leading to a scenario where you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, right? So that, that whole thing. So giving, giving the government a means, a way by which to essentially grab everybody's everybody's assets. And so Peter Schiff explains it very well. Uh, and then what I tried to explain to him is, this is why all roads lead to Monero. This is the true one of the, the the true utility of crypto, right? An asset that we could hold. Nobody knows if we actually have it, and therefore making it even more unconfiscatable than ever ever imagined with something like Bitcoin. Um, you know, but the only downside being that you know it, it gets lost very often. It, it happens a lot, right? Especially right. in voting accidents. Making it. Completely unconfiscatable because it's hard to confiscate something when you've lost it in the abyss of the ocean. That's um, true. Yes, and uh, what Bitcoin? It's it's funny when you see the Bitcoiners out there saying, "Right, oh, I lost my keys in the boating accident." Uh, Bitcoin is doesn't have you, t- that. you touch that ever again. Suddenly, <laughs> it's no longer lost in a boating accident. Right. It's it, it's very hard to lose your your Bitcoin. It's impossible. The, the keys just automatically pop back up and float to the top top of the ocean. Uh, it's it's a feature Bitcoin has. It's and, very resilient. Uh, yes, but uh, I was trying to point that out to Peter. I, I I wonder. I wonder if he does if he does know and understand that because right we see him criticizing Bitcoin all the time and his main criticism of Bitcoin is that it has no inherent value in his mind. Um, but I've seen when I've seen him talk about that, I've seen him even saying mention. He's like, for example, it's not even good for money laundering. Like he 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 realizes that it lacks the the privacy and in his mind that's why uh, he doesn't see any utility. So. It would be great to talk to him about Monero and find out if he if he views Monero the same way or if he does think that the privacy that Monero has actually offers utility. Yeah, as if taxing realized gains wasn't you know, robbing you enough, the government will get their share, even if you never do and you just go broke. Yeah, I've been I've been, I've been talk, talking about this quite some time on the show, the unrealized capitalized gains thing. I think that's a, that's a huge watershed moment uh, for Monero if that were to come to fruition people waking up to this fact that if you want some asset that the government can't come and steal from you, 
you're going to need something like Monero. Do you want me to play this quote? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and play that one. To crypto, et cetera. You pointed out the only true use for it is criminals, drug traffickers, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance. And that is a use uh, because it is somewhat anonymous, not fully, and because you can move money instantaneously and because it doesn't go through, as you mentioned, all these systems have built up over many years, know your customer, sanctions, OFAC, they can get bypassed. I, if I was the government. Okay. <laughs> There we go. Here he is. Here's admitting that the the use case of crypto is just that, right? Um, government using it for digital cash purposes. So in one breath, he's like, you know, I was always a, a non-believer kind of in, in Bitcoin because I, I don't think it has any utility. But actually, if there is one thing that it can do, it's all this illegal stuff, which is just saying what it can do is work as digital cash. Um, so great, great to see, great to see them. Uh, admitting Monero's utility, right? And declaring, yeah. declaring war, right? Uh, if if Senator Warren had her way, she would ban it tomorrow. Oh, all this stuff would be over. When... So uh, be careful how you vote or just don't give a shit and realize that we're going to have to uh, really make sure this thing is as unstoppable as we claim it to be because they're going to come after it. All right, so more ocean pool drama. First, they came for inscriptions. I didn't speak out. Then they came for ordinals. Then they came for whirlpoolers. When do we draw the, draw the line with censorship? So I guess the ocean pool is now censoring samurai whirlpool TXOs that were part of the Samsung whirlpool coin join uh, using the OP return restrictions. So you can tell, I guess, based on OP return, if a TX was through whirlpool based on its bite size. And they yeah. are censoring transactions using the OP return byte size, uh, which is not looking great. This pool, I, I don't know all the drama behind this pool. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but it seems like they just keep going on this streak of censoring different types of transactions one after the other. And then blocking people that try to talk about it on, on Twitter. So... Bitcoin is not in a good place. Yeah. So can you explain this a little bit more? So so Ocean, but they they they're not intentionally doing that. What, what's what's going on here? Why why are these transactions being filtered from from Ocean? Like what? Why are they even doing this? Like what is their reasoning? I guess according to Ocean's use of knots, I'm not sure exactly what that is. It's another proto. It's another like version of the Bitcoin client. Um, created by what's his name what's that crazy guy's name in bitcoin one of the core devs um yeah oh yeah i remember i saw a post about this earlier uh there's just something like built in that the max who returned to lady two yeah i don't know um if someone wants to come on who has more information on this and could explain this that would be great because i didn't yeah we could, have, we could have somebody uh when we have viewers on stage if anybody it's luke yeah luke dash jr right so he's the one who created bitcoin knots that's the client that he runs I, i'm just not understanding all that like i, I don't really I, and, and then i see him like talking like oh you know i ideally i wouldn't want these transactions to be filtered but so it looks like the limit based on based on that little bit of code um it's 42 bytes um like this right not so p return relay max equals 42 bytes and samurai whirlpools txos with their op return goes up to 46 bytes so by this little bit of code basically summarized txs are being looted because they're four bytes too large and i guess that's a part of a it's just a part of this wallet or 
but it was because they were essentially trying to censor prevent spam and ordinals or preventing um ordinals basically and and then and in in an attempt to do that they've now also filtered out things like uh samurai whirlpool transactions right either intentionally or unintentionally yeah i'm not 100 sure on that i don't know it wouldn't be surprising because they've taken a a not great stance on censorship and they've just kind of felt that they can censor whatever they want body saying it's similar to how the monero relays don't send transactions with tx extra greater than one kilobyte the reference btc client is set to 80 bytes but luke's client is bytes. body as always simplifying things for us um that makes sense yeah but i guess that's it it's just why 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 they use yeah that's what we want yeah um uh, and i guess like we said because they want to censor or filter out the uh, inscriptions. Yeah. I guess it's not as much of like censorship as like censoring specific transactions. They're just doing a blanket filter, but it's still like not an ideal scenario because they've taken the, the max amount down so low that it's now preventing people who are using Samurai's whirlpool from being able to put their transactions through this. So Michael Ten saying spam transaction. Yeah, I tend to agree with my, Michael. Um, right, yeah. like well, define spam, right? So if, if somebody's willing to pay the fees for it, it's not spam. All right, what else we got? All right, cash transactions ten thousand dollars plus rated across time across twenty four hours have to be reported to the IRS via form eighty three hundred. For everyone thinking cryptocurrency as we see it now is going to be utilized by banks or businesses, bad news. Come January first, twenty twenty four, digital assets e- equals cash for form eight hundred. Wow. Yeah. I think I, I think I gave you this one. So as of January first, and what is it? Over 10k. Basically, if you do an over 10k Monero transaction, theoretically, uh, it's supposed to be re- reported using. Form. Wait, so this this mode of cash payments includes cryptocurrencies, essentially? It's going to start including by definition. Yeah. Right. Oh wow! So if, you, yeah. if you went to some store or whatever, and you, you know, or you made some whatever any transaction where you where you used over ten thousand dollars in cash, um, the seller is supposed to fill out a report that that you know that happened. Right. So now they're considering. Well, they're considering Monero Cash and crypto cash. Hey, I mean, at least they admit what's right about it. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. They can't just ignore it. Yeah. It's considered uh, cash if it means that there's more there's more rules and regulations involved. Yeah, that, in that in that uh, way, they'll consider it cash for sure. To be fair, 10k is a lot uh, for single day. I but that's yeah. I mean, money is money. People should be able to use it. Yeah, we shouldn't have to report how to want without making a stupid fucking form just to give somebody money. Yeah, tell the government um, we're using our money. Yeah, but thanks. So yeah, the glue crypto that that would definitely. But hey, you know, uh, this is these these are the things you're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, you're supposed to. Monero, Monero, Monero gives you gives you some liberty in that regard. So does, so does cash, which is better for that purpose? I don't know. I think the future of Monero will be because, as we see in a lot of a lot of countries, uh, they're removing like tons of ATMs. They're trying to like get rid of cash out out of the. Out of yeah. the economy, kind of pull cash out. So eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be harder to get cash, and you, at some point, you might not be really be able to. Right. And so at that point, that's can. when even if you can, you're, you're going to be like assumed to be up to no good. Yeah, it's going to be like, why do you have cash? You're going to jail for having cash on you, yeah, yeah. you dirty, dirty Ugh. privacy cash. So 
DarkFi is looking to do a merge mine with Monero and RandomX. Yeah. Uh, which be... just came out. That's super cool. I didn't That's know that was cool. happening. Um, did you? No, I, I didn't no, know. No, I just heard about this. Or maybe I should have. Uh, maybe they had mentioned that in there. Even though this was from July. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were, yeah. A proof of concept Monero merge mining proxies and Flint and will serve at the base. So I guess they're they're starting to talk about this more, mm -hmm. but actually I think this date is incorrect. So yeah, it's gonna be this, gonna this be... date is incorrect. Oh wait, no, sorry, it's the other way around. It I'm American, so I read this as month, day, year. This is really day, month, year. Um yeah, this is from two days ago. But yeah, so they're planning on doing a merge mine with Monero using RandomX, which is pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah, because originally they were gonna be proof of work. Yeah, so this is a total pivot in the direction of their their kind of um, security design for the for the token, basically. But yeah, if you're into DarkFi, well, that that's pretty cool. I'm gonna try to have uh, we'll try to have Amir on or Rachel Leary, and we'll we'll get the update. Maybe I'll do a full Monero talk with them. It's been a while. We had they participated. That would be Monero. awesome. They participated in the first Monerotopia as well when they were first talking about DarkFi. So yeah, it'd be great to get an update from them, and especially now uh, with these new. Yeah, this, this is a big, big connection to the Monero space, especially if they weren't already. So that's cool. Yeah, and I, I guess they obviously. So the, their reasoning uh, is because it's it's just a way for them to get more network support and hash power, right? So like, if you're mining Monero, and it's there's no reason not to also simultaneously then mine DarkFi, right? Like, there's no, it's all all bonus, right? Unless yeah, so that'll make RandomX mining a lot more profitable, right? Uh, just for the fact that it's you know you can also yes. be getting the the rewards of DarkFi at the same time, which is cool. That will incentivize more RandomX Monero mining, uh, which is awesome. Which was so, always what we were hoping to see with Tari, but Tari has yet to launch. But that was always the sell with Tari too, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there so anything next, else that's merge mining with Monero? Um, there was. There was one more coin that was doing a random X. I don't know if it was, I guess it was merge mining with Monero. I don't remember what it was called, but when I was looking up the, a while back when I was looking up the, the potential profits for that ant miner X5, there's another co random X coin that showed up, but I don't know if it was actually merge mining with Monero. Xanos mining with Monero. Now they're, they're like half, because I know the whole thing is a proof of work. And it was like kind of a big breakthrough. They figured out how to do private proof of work. Um, but I think they're only half mined with proof of work. I mean, I'm sorry. They figured out how like to do a hybrid. They figured out how to do private proof of stake. That's what Zarcanium is all about. Um, and then they argue that proof of stake is, is better than proof of work. But they are a hybrid. They are, I think, I still think they're like they're half mined by proof of work. It'd be cool to see them endomex and merge mine with Panera. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. So we've got more context to that earlier story. I should have pulled this one up first. Uh, this is Samurai Wallet. We can confirm that Ocean Mining has enacted a policy of censoring Whirlpool coin join transactions and BIP47 notification transactions as of December 6, 2023. This was a regrettable action by the operators at Jack and at Luke Dash Jr. and far surpasses any hostile action we have seen before. Luke is claiming that Whirlpool transactions are bugged and create non-standard transactions due to a 46-byte OP return present in Whirlpool TXO transactions. This is a lie. He knows it is a lie. The OP return limit has been 80 bytes since Bitcoin Core version 0 0.12. 
Luke runs a fork of core called Knots. In his fork, he has defined the OP return limit at 42 bytes. He is more than entitled to do this. However, to claim world port transactions are non-standard because they do not conform to the values of this niche fork is totally wrong and a lie. Well, Whirlpool users have been creating, broadcasting, and relaying standard Bitcoin transactions since we released Whirlpool in late 2018 without any issue. Miners have been relaying and mining these transactions in blocks without any issue. Ocean is choosing to pursue a very slippery slope in their decision to exclude privacy enhancing transactions. Unfortunately, we are not surprised as Luke has previously been caught censoring transactions and deploying blacklists for transactions he believes are sinful in the past. If you are currently pointing hash power at Ocean, we would ask you to reconsider your point and point your hash power to another pool. It is important for the market to make it absolutely clear that to the pool that you do not agree with their privacy-enhancing transactions censorship policy. Even during this period of high minor fees, Whirlpool has been hitting all-time highs, surpassing 9,700 BTC today. That's a lot. Our users have decided that the expense of the miners' fees are worth paying for the privacy improvement they receive. Miners should be glad to accept their fees. Unfortunately, the action of Ocean deciding censor privacy-enhancing transactions is yet another example of the delusion of cyberpunk roots of the Bitcoin project, corporate interest, and collusion with state actors to deny the peer-to-peer electronic cash system we inherited. Whirlpool users should not worry. We've been fighting since, since day one. We'll continue to fight against this attack. And make no mistake, this is an attack. We are already in discussions with miners to provide our transactions out of band, bypassing the mempool entirely. We have further... We have further self-defensive weapons at our disposal that may be deployed if Ocean obtains significant hash power. We humbly ask that miners point their hash power to any other pool to send a strong market signal to the world B censors. Don't let them get away with it. So, yeah, I guess that's a lot. That's a lot more context to. That's basically what Body said: is this guy has mm-hmm. a fork of the Bitcoin Core wallet called Nods, and for some reason, the specific value OP return has a limit of forty-two bytes instead of the default of. 80 80 and, and saying it, you know let's not forget luke is also the same guy that pushed taproot which is the cause for all which incentivized those really large uh yeah. transaction sizes right yeah that's that's what's allowing that's it, like what did inscriptions to to happen on bitcoin right and now he's fighting samurai over six bytes yep yep like I said uh, before, when I was asking Body, like, are we are we approaching some block size war type of scenario again? Where you know, is there some new new revolution happening in Another Bitcoin? What's going to happen? Yeah. Is there a civil war about to happen? I don't know. All right. Yeah, so, that's we'll get, we'll interesting get, uh, developments. We'll get the viewers on stage up. I'm sure people have some comments on all on all these things. I'm sure. Um, oh yeah, this one. I think it's in this one. Tomorrow, I'm flying to Los Angeles for oral argument in what may be the most important Fourth Amendment case pending in the U.S. today. The basic facts: the FBI broke open and searched hundreds of safe deposit boxes without any reason to think the box holders did anything wrong. U.S. Private Vaults, a business in Beverly Hills, offered a private and secure place where people could store their most valued sensitive possessions. In March 2021, the FBI raided USPV, broke open every single box in the vault, and looked through all the contents. The FBI ran all cash in the vault by drug dogs, opened envelopes, and photographed the contents, and ultimately sent everything worth over $5,000 to asset forfeiture, initiating proceedings to keep that property forever that is wild that's that's insane uh, yeah, the fbi did unrealized capital gains all they, they're just coming <laughs> they're, yeah they're, they're taking your that's that's your unrealized capital gains right there gone <laughs> the fbi did uh, did all of that pursuant to a warrant but critically the warrant specifically said that it did not authorize a criminal search or a seizure of the safety deposit boxes this was an important limitation the fbi 
had reason to think that USPB, the business, had violated law, but the FBI had no basis for any individual probable cause as to any of the box holders. Wow. Crazy, crazy, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thread. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. wild. So they're that's going to um, to LA for an oral argument. Um, is this what, what kind of court case? Is this Supreme? No, no it's not, it's not this Supreme. is a circuit court. Yeah, yeah. Because he said he's going uh, to LA. It's not Supreme. Uh, uh, federal court, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. But what we're seeing here, I mean, the lesson, right, is you might not want to store your, your private keys in safe deposit box, right? You even though not. it's not even, you know, the owner's fault, uh, the government will, if it's available. To Although I will say, maybe we could talk with this viewers on stage. I think even even in spite of this, um, storing private keys in safe deposit box may not be the worst idea if you weigh that against just you know, keeping them in some other location that's prone to fire or theft, or you just losing them. Um, but obviously, ideally, we would be in a situation where governments can't just come and take over people's safe deposit box. That's fucking ridiculous. So yes, I don't know. I'm curious what other people think about that. If they think like, no, absolutely not. Never, ever store private keys in a safe deposit I box. I personally wouldn't. I have other ways I would. But yeah, um, yeah that's. I'm really curious to see how this turns out because that's... The overreach just continues just to cross the line every every single year. It just gets worse and worse. And the FBI and you know the, the national agencies just become more powerful and they do more things. Without repercussions, so hopefully they will get some, but we'll see. I'm not holding this. All right. Oh, Justin, yeah. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren claims North Korea is using Bitcoin and crypto to fund half of its nuclear weapons program. Because we have a serious problem in it. And that is a part of the financial system is being used by terrorists, by drug traffickers, by rogue nations in order to launder money, move money through the system and finance their illegal activities. But keep in mind on this one, it wasn't just Jamie Dimon. We had a long, long table with the CEOs of all of the largest banks in this country. And when I asked the question, should the rules that apply to their banks and by the way, also apply to stockbrokers and gold traders and credit card companies and credit unions and all the other financial transactors. Should those same rules to deal with drug trafficking and terrorism financing and rogue name finance, should the same rules be put in place? Every single one of them said, absolutely. So what this tells me is it's time for Congress. Let me ask you, beyond Congress acting, there's a big question mark over whether the SEC is going to act uh, on whether, uh, for example, a Bitcoin ETF will ultimately get approved, which would expand access for, for Americans uh, all over the country, potentially, to invest in Bitcoin. Uh, you've probably watched the price of Bitcoin has risen quite uh, materially, uh, even in the past several months, in large part on the back of uh, that expectation. You know Gary Gensler very well. Do you have any expectation that something like that uh, would take place and would you support it? So I, I don't want to speculate on what the SEC is doing here. I really want to draw an important distinction, and that is the SEC principally is talking about regulation, the kind of monitoring the platforms, the markets, make sure that there's adequate consumer protection and issues that is built into the DNA of the SEC. It's an important thing to do. It's absolutely something. What I'm talking about is the law enforcement aspect. It's not over at the regulatory agency. What I'm talking about is the part of the system that makes sure that banks are not being used for terrorist financing. For example, you know, we have something called the Bank Secrecy Act, 
which is how banks are required to monitor certain kinds of transactions that go through the system. It was written in the 1970s following 9-11. The law enforcement folks went back, looked at what had happened, figured out how the financing had made it through the system. And that's the last time that Congress updated the, the Bank Secrecy Act. What we need to do is we need to update it again because there's a new threat out there. It's crypto, and it is being used for terrorist financing. It is being used for drug trafficking. North Korea is using it to pay for about half of its nuclear weapons program. We can't allow that. to. Wow. Senator Warren, you you got to come on on a Monero Talk episode, right? It's it's about time. <laughs> we got to chat. We got to chat. I I, lo- I love that she's like, you know, it wasn't just da- Jamie Dimon that thought this was a great idea that we uh, ban crypto because it's used by criminals, but all the other large banking institutions that benefit from regulatory capture. Wow! Surprise, surprise! They all want to ban their competition. Um, would would never. I'm, I'm so shocked that they, they they all agree with you, Senator Warren. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not that they're looking out for 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 Americans and you know uh, it's they're they're benefiting themselves. Can't be any more clear yeah. about that. And yeah, she's she's ready to update the Bank Secrecy Act, guys. Uh, right. Well, last Ooh. time 9/11, so she's she's kind of waiting for the the next 9/11, and then they'll they'll usher in the the new rules that will ban. Crypto, ban privacy coins, right? Whatever it is they're looking to do. Jesus, crazy. It's going to be a cyber 9-11. Who's voting for this person? Like, Christ. It's going to be like uh, the, the government's going to have a bunch of like like infrastructure like held up against like ransomware. And the ransomware payment is going to be like Monero or something. And they'll be like, we, we got to shut it down now. It's it's too dangerous. Oh yeah, 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 like one of those utility. Yeah, right. Like they take out some utility. Uh, and there's a Monero ransom. It's going to be a total false flag thing. For sure. uh, you know, and yeah, it's crazy. The Secrecy Act is is to stop terrorism. All right, so who who defines who the terrorists are? Right. That that that's the that's the problem. Right. No, nobody wants nobody wants terrorism. Um, but the problem is we we have a a government that's going to pick and choose who the ter- who the terrorists are and. We may we may not always agree. They may be some, some minority political group that agrees with the majority. All right. It was an accidental half a lot lap. Of news. Um, a lot of news. Yeah, uh, that was that was basically all the news. Uh, besides some other typical weekly CBDC articles. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good on that. But uh, uh, viewers on stage, just pull some people up. I'm sure there's a lot of eager people to discuss this spicy. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Welcome, everyone. I wonder if this, I wonder if this ocean pool in the in the Hello. opera turns is a lot like um like Monero killing mordinals by uh, decreasing the TX extra. Yeah, I think it's that's what Body was trying to say, right? It's a, it's a kind of analogous, right? I would point out that there's one incredibly crucial difference here, and that is uh, Monero already had privacy, but by doing the same solution for Bitcoin, you are eroding privacy. So whereas the mission statement for Monero has always been to be the best digital cash that you can create with the tools that you have, the definition for what, or the, I guess the value statement that Bitcoin set out with have been well beyond eroded at this point. And it creates a, uh, 
it, it definitely creates more proof to the idea that they have lost their way because to get rid of what the last little bit of privacy is just like depressing. Very good point. Yeah, like what are they designing towards, right? Like Monero's, all of Monero's decisions are based on becoming more and more digital cash-like. Uh, but it's hard to even say what their design decisions are, are based on at this point. You know, it's there's this whole idea of like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I like to think of it like this. There's two examples of voting a guy could come up with. Like shareholders can vote on the direction of their company or well, allegedly, people in a democracy get to vote for the direction of their country. But there's this huge disconnect from the fact that voluntary participation happens with a shareholder, but the government's got a boot on your neck. And it's like putting a suggestion in the slave box versus the freedom to walk away, right? So with Monero, you have all of these options for how you can transmit, store, send data and all that other stuff. And it is like it, it maintains its core value. Right. But with Bitcoin, like they, they, they it's very much more analogous to the government side of the thing where nobody is being given a choice about this. Right. Everything from the top down about how like the mining pools are decentralized and a lot of these people are already bought in. The people who have withdrew their consent by paying these extra fees just to be a part of a whirlpool so they can maintain some kind of anonymity, like they're being forced to comply. It's, so it's, it's just the way that the mining pools are set up completely changes the equation for the difference between how Monero did what they did versus how Bitcoin did what they did. Nobody was, nobody's rights were removed, right? <laughs> from, from the way that Monero did what it did. Bitcoin just yeah. seems like a dead project. You got to wonder about, um, you know, you talked about voting in a corporation and, you know, the shareholders, you got to wonder if um, that's why Klaus Schwab and everyone and all these top level people constantly refer to the stakeholders. There was like, well, the stakeholders in this and the stakeholders in that. Are we participants in some kind of corporation, some kind of like corporate structure in which we are stakeholders that uh, we haven't been fully informed of the nature of what's going on there? Like, is there a presumption of that? ChatGPT says no, says that's just a sovereign citizen argument. But uh, I wonder. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion you already know the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, it's, it's tough to say because like if you like if you put on your hat and you think like they do, um, it sounds really nice. Like a lot of their reasoning sounds nice, but um, it all just like falls apart when you put it up again. Yeah, of course, of course, it sounds nice. That's how that's how they win the the people over. Right? I wanted to throw something about uh, the Doug tweet as well. So you remember how uh, Keith Weiner responded to what you were saying about uh, well, yeah, yeah. what what you were saying, and I just want to be clear, like, I have so much respect for that guy. It's ridiculous. Like, he is an absolute legend in my book. And, it, it, you know, I don't think a lot of people appreciate just how much he has done for, like, financial freedom and, like, eliminating some myths from the world for those who care to listen. We had him on. Like, I had him on Monero yeah. years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a badass, but... One of the things that was really interesting about, I'll see if I can find it real quick. Okay, so Monero does not fix the problem, says Keith. Doug says, why not? 
And then Keith says, the problem is that government will socialize every farm, factory, ship, warehouse, etc. What's the Monero fix? Everybody sell everything and buy Monero. Um, and I just think it's really interesting the speed at which he pivoted to, I mean, let's be real. Like it is a complete fear-based irrational argument, right? Because you're talking about protecting yourself from... Um, from like government asset seizures is what's really going on here. Right. Right. And the thing is, is if you pair that with the safety deposit box, right. It, it was really interesting how those two things came together. Right. Mm -hmm. What is the thing about the safety deposit boxes that made them so unsecure? It's the fact that, you know, that there are safety deposit boxes over there. Right. It's the same as this idea that the government knew that there was, uh, if I'm understanding the case correctly, they knew that there were foreign assets. Right. And this goes way beyond the argument of whether it was realized or unrealized. I think people forget that in the court case that is going to the Supreme Court right now, as the rules and laws are today, it is almost impossible for that person to realize any gains. Right. Because he can't cash out, but the government is trying to tax him on unrealized gains that can literally never be realized in the current legal structure, as far as I understand, right? But uh, that's a good point. That they, um, go ahead. Like the so, if you have a market cap, <clears throat> like let's suppose the government is taxing unrealized gains, and you have an asset with a market cap, let's just say it's Monero at um, three billion. I can't remember what our market cap is, but let's just say it's three billion right now. You can't actually sell. $3 billion worth of Monero, you drive the price to zero. So like the mere fact of taxing people at that alleged price is completely unconscionable because you can't like, you literally couldn't in aggregate overall end up paying that because as people sell, that price goes down. So the question is, when do you render that, that realized gain? Do you render that on December 31st, um, 20 or sorry, December 31st of every year? And, and like, if you do that and then people have to sell, like the price like has to go down and every dollar invested into an asset causes a greater than a $1 increase in the market cap. And every dollar of an asset sold causes more than $1 of market cap to leave that asset because um, liquidity is not infinite. Order books are not infinite. So um, any buying or selling changes the total market cap, changes the total price. And this is like a very, very well-established economic principle. This is not like far out there stuff. This is like, this has been known for a long time. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, this, this is such a colossal power grab. I think that, but I mean, but they were doing it anyway. It, this is just the process of making it official. Right. And the thing that I was trying to point out about the safety deposit box co correlation to the, the overseas assets and all that, the common thread here is that you can find it. And that's what Keith is completely missing on his argument oh they'll take the farms they'll take okay yeah that doesn't change no matter what right like like big powerful tyrants sending their their order followers to go and jack somebody's you know whatever the difference between monero and every other solution that has been proposed that makes it so many orders of magnitude better is the fact that you can't just go online and search safety deposit boxes and just start raiding them, you know, like with Monero anyway. 
you can't like track somebody's overseas assets and be like, okay, let's rob that guy, you know, when we're talking about Monero. And, you know, this is the other thing about how you guys have just brought up DarkFi. Now imagine if you can do all your contracts anonymous. Now imagine if you can do all your legal, all of your legal stuff anonymous. Like people are just not acknowledging that it may not be the panacea. Yeah, somebody can still seize a farm. But like that wasn't what Doug was proposing is why Monero is the solution here. Like, but notice how he goes there because the writing is on the wall. And something that people like myself used to say 20 years ago to all of these people who are trying to get enough gains to get ahead and not get fucked by the system. It's like they, they imagine themselves as something special, like they can escape the tyranny. And it's like, there is one thing that is special about people who are at the top of the food chain. And that is the fact that they are being saved for dessert. All right. And pardon my French, but you are an absolute fucking retard. If you think that you are not going to get greased by the same system. And if, if, if it's like, oh, well, I just want to be outside and make sure that this farm will still feed me. So I'll pay this a never ending pile of tyranny. You know, like, I'll give you more dues. Just please leave me alone. Leave my dividends. It's like there is no security from tyrants other than, well, we all know what the security from tyrants is. Check the shirt. But anyway, I'll just at that. Watering the tree. Fantastic. On a, yeah, on a different, uh, on a different topic. I did the calculations earlier this week and it looks like the average wage in Monero is about 70 Monero per hour. So if you're hiring anybody, uh, that's a good, that's a good, uh, good number. 70 Monero an hour. Michael, how's it going, man? I'm here. I'm making coffee. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think people enjoyed our Monero talk. I think but it, is it uh, gratuitous coffee? Uh, no, no pressure. It's Hawaiian Kona. Oh, oh, yeah, it's, that's yeah. hard. But it I mean, I do know Michael outside of this, but that has to be one of my top three favorite shows of all time. Not just Monero talk, but like, when, I mean, it got. I was fucking. I'll show. Well, I, I like yours pretty good at Alaskanon, so so it so uh, it's it's reciprocated. Fantastic. We'll have to have you on again, Michael. What do you think? You think uh, we're t- potentially seeing another? civil war in bitcoin oh uh i don't like bitcoin core or or bcash no it's um <clears throat> bitcoin i'm uh i i think bitcoin is a little bit irrelevant in certain ways it's so it's so like you know mainstream uh you know let's have lightning and be friendly with jamie diamond it's like you know really there, there's plenty of other crypto that's more relevant. Even Dogecoin, I think, is more relevant than than Bitcoin. You know, and yeah, then, wow. Right. And we got Monero, which you know has the built-in privacy, which is sort of a unique value proposition that I don't think Dogecoin even has. And, I just thought of an interesting. And then DarkFi is DarkFi going to sort of enable things like? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll share it later. Oh, is, is DarkFi going to sort of basically again? If it's mer- merged mining, it, it sort of adds a layer of extra security opposed to because because monero i believe is proof of work effectively correct me if i'm wrong so if it's merged mining yes. it would basically have the same security as monero with all botnets and all mining uh Maybe. but you know as far as the hash power goes for one not only would it improve and i'm no expert on this but if i'm not mistaken it would definitely improve the overall hash power 
but it would it would be more of an increase in this in the like in the security in general than just increasing hash power um but another thing that i really love about the dark project whether or not it works i mean they're setting the stage for you know somebody else to pick up and run with it is with a project like dark it completely shuts up everybody who is saying like you have to have one blockchain that can do everything and ethereum is god and you know all of your tokens should be able to act as nine hundred thousand different functions and all of that um i mean i don't know how many weeks in a row i've brought up the unix philosophy but the thing is is like it keeps you know a proper digital cache and then you have an adjacent project that does private contracts the way that a lot of us had been hoping for since day one um and all of the people who were like monero needs to be able to do more things or it needs a layer two or all of this other stuff it's a demonstration of how having a layer one high degree of functionality within a larger ecosystem is going to be so much more superior to this idea of having a, a, a blockchain, the do everything blockchain like Ethereum, you know, with layer two, layer three, layer 600 and so on. It, it really makes a strong case. And even the test nets are showing like, well, I'll leave it there because I don't want to start talking about stuff that is not done yet. Is, is Dark Side already on the ticker symbol that they chose for their token or for crypto uh, or so forth? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. On the website, dark.fi, it says dark.fi smart contract architecture dot 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 dot. It allows it built with this tooling transfers, swaps, and DAOs all completely anonymous. So if that if that ends up coming to fruition, that's 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 pretty powerful. You know, like if if it's decentralized, they have a DEX where you you know they already have DEXs where you can transfer Monero and stuff. So it's like you know the circular economy is like a, a, a way to sort of opt out economically in certain ways. Uh, you know, but it can all be used for good, you know, buying and selling coffee and uh, don't you know, forget this and that. <laughs> Satoshi seemed to think that there would be a lot of chains and they they would be merge mined with Bitcoin. That was like one of his earlier visions when he still, you know, when we still had the promise of CPU mining, which returned a decade later. Didn't Satoshi also talk about private? Like he almost he didn't say Monero, but I mean, he referenced basically the idea that Bitcoin could be private. And that, of course, didn't get implemented. And I think Satoshi referenced the idea of increasing blocks either directly or indirectly. And of course, hence we have Bitcoin Cash. You know, yeah, Monero, Monero has dynamic block size, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, it's basically yeah, dynamic blocks big blockers is, is Monero. It's like, what's yes, the point of Bitcoin? Random. If Satoshi talked about uh, ring signatures. He spoke about stealth addresses. Yeah, he described all those systems without using those specific names that were that were given later. But he explicitly described that new cryptography that was being developed at the time. I notice a lot of people on a certain uh, darknet forum that shall not be named, but people probably know that people want to cash out their Monero. And I'm I'm like, why would you want to cash out your Monero when that's the most risky part? Use your Monero on Monerica, uh, on Monerica or whatever, like buy something with the Monero. Don't try to cash it out. That's when you're going to get caught. That's when you're going to get hurt. I think of it like. Going from Monero to cash to Monero is like whirlpooling your anonymous funds. You're helping somebody wash their traceable cash with Monero. <laughs> yeah, one thing that's like a an incredible irony with um, with Dogecoin, Bitcoin right now. Dogecoin is supposed to be the meme chain, um, like that's the meme coin, but Bitcoin has become the meme. 
Ooh, that would be a good. That would be. A good I can meme. buy my Pepe frogs on Bitcoin, except that you today. have to pay like twenty dollars to freaking do it. I just did a a Bitcoin transaction the other day where I was using a Trocador to swap to make a Bitcoin payment, and I'm like, I'm not doing this right now because I'm not paying ten dollars as a transaction fee for a ten dollar transaction payment. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what do you guys think about this as a meme? So you know the um the piracy meme where he's like, look at me, I am the captain now. It'll just be Bitcoin and Doge. <laughs> it'll be look. It'll be Bitcoin saying, "Look at me. I am the meme coin now." Gotta or make it, make you can you can even switch it around like, uh, uh, "Look at me, like I'm the dominant coin now," or "I'm I'm cash now." Like you could use that with Monero now too, though. Have Bitcoin <laughs> and then the pirate being Monero, like I'm the I'm the digital cash now. All right, I'll make a few, post them all. Tux, you want to uh, throw the link in the chat too, just see if anybody else, any new people, want to jump as well. Guys, people, anybody's welcome to jump up here. You know, as long as you're not being a troll or something, you're keeping it somewhat digital cash related. Uh, did people hear that thing about the Joe Biden, uh, our wonderful uh, dictator, said about uh, prices coming back down, uh, mistaking dis uh, mistaking disinflation, inflation coming down for deflation? It's like no, that's those are two totally different things, sir. You know. I, I just think it would be kind of interesting to throw it out there for people who don't see the private chat. Um, so when we were listening to uh, Liz, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, right, who, who, by the way, like 20 years ago was a very, very different person. It fills me with all kinds of questions, but I won't go there. But if somebody is interested, you should look at her positions and the things that she was trying to do 20 years ago and compare them to today. Katrina Chrome. Yeah, like it's it's wild. Okay, like people do not pivot like that. I mean, I don't know if it's like a clone or whatever, but like it's it's for real. Like that chick used to be a very, very different person. Okay. And I realize most people don't know that, but take the time to go back and look at some of her positions from 2000 to 2010. It will just blow your mind. Okay. But anyway. That tent, that rabbit trail aside. Wait, wait, but but just before you leave that, but theory okay. being, it's beyond power corrupting. That something else happened there. It, well, I don't want to speculate because I don't have any, you know, insider info. But I will point out that her physiology okay. is uh, it's showing certain kinds of improvements from things that only come from some very bad places. That involves some very bad things, but I just I don't want to like accuse somebody of something. It just happens to line up with the physiology of somebody's adrenal glands being supplemented somehow. But I won't you know, go there. But like the the thing is, is she's totally one eighty on a, like what originally made her famous. She was like the anti bank cartel anti. Like, you know, she used to take different positions. That's my point. Like, very different. But, like, I had said in the chat, for example, like, cue the It's Afraid meme when Jamie Dimon was talking and when she was talking and so on. Um, and you know what they say, like, first they ignore you, then they ridicule you, and then they, you know. Well, the, the, the thing is, is, like, we're at the acknowledgement of how afraid they actually are, Right. Because I think that they took their position a little. Now, if anybody remembers, Body and I were talking a little over a month ago 
about how there are certain things that the the cabal, the establishment, and so on would not be doing rationally unless they did not believe they had a choice, right? This accelerationist behavior coming out of people who are supposedly in control, right? Somebody who's in control holds their best pieces back and then makes a slow assault on your ability to defend yourself. There has been a drastic shift in the behavior and the rate that these people are carrying out their objectives. And if you're listening to those interviews that Tux was playing during the news segment, it kind of confirms that theory. Like they're openly discussing like, guys, we're in trouble. Guys, we have to do this now. You know, because the whole idea was like beta testing, getting their fingers into all of the different pies, making sure that Bitcoin's price could be manipulated and all this other stuff, getting people like fully stocked into Ethereum and all these other stuff that would provide a smooth transition to CBDCs and all that. All of a sudden, they just like put hit the gas pedal to the floor on just like shut it down, right? Cue the the funny hat guys with the microphone meme, right? Like shut it down now, right? Like it's they're they're immediately pivoting all at once in the last like like body and I were talking about a, a month and a half ago, right? Where they're like all of a sudden they were just like freaked out by something, right? And they just completely went all in on like shut it down now. We have to get this stuff in play. And I'm just curious like what was it? <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, Michael. Oh, I mean, yeah, sort of like uh, I think when I was on the other day, Doug, you're like, well, you know, can't crypto be used for nefarious purposes, you know, like KYC, AML and all that. And like in theory, yeah, but, you know, power tools at Home Depot can be used for nefarious purposes, you know. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a professor with a you know, PhD in some uh, university in the last year or two. He's like, I do heroin and I'm a functional professor and I use heroin. Like, you know, just uh, just my, my hobby or something. So it's like anything can be used for bad, you know, like cars, people drive cars and cars can be used for bad, but all this stuff can also be used for a lot of good. So if, you know, Senator Warren's like, oh, we got to ban this and that, like, again, it reduces freedom for everybody, even the people that want to use these for good purposes. And I think that's, that's really problematic, you know, when these like Jamie Dimon, you know, he just, you know, he's already, what, he's probably a billionaire and what, you know, like, this is only going to help him and his cronies. So, uh. You know, it is what it is, I suppose. We call him the laundromat. You give him your cash and he'll wash and, yeah. you know, get the it, iron on it for you. And, and weren't there a bunch of, you know, uh, like lawsuits in the last two or three years against these huge cartels for like associating with, you know, like uh, the Clinton's wedding guest Epstein or something? Like, I mean, I'm pretty positive. Like it's, it's like news stories, you know, these, they got all these fines for working with doing the things that they're saying crypto you know it's not good why crypto is bad it's like well the banks were doing it right i mean it wasn't that in the news same thing you know these pharmaceutical companies uh the sacklers with all they you know the the opioid epidemic i mean okay it's like oh they're the drug companies healing people and now there's all these lawsuits like enabling the opioid epidemic it's like it's not like they're the necessarily the quote-unquote good guys the big banks and the big pharmaceuticals you know it's like all this they really picked the right expert witness though for congress if you think about it because like who would know more about laundering drug money than jamie diamond right so he's like 
oh man, this stuff could be used for laundering drug money. It's like, well, Doug and I were just trying to figure out how to buy some eggs. But you know, if anybody would think about that, it would be Jamie Dimon. Like, how could I wash some fucking drug money with it? <laughs> yeah, just I just Googled like bank lawsuit and looked on the news and like, yeah, it's like there's no shortage of uh, headlines. The fifth one down is judge approves JP Morgan's 290 million settlement with Epstein victims, New York Times. So, and uh, yeah. Do you guys think there'll be some kind of false flag event or something where the government's like, oh my God, we got we to gotta ban this. We got to ban it now. No, there have been, but nobody cares yet. I, I don't know if you remember, but there's actually been a bunch of them where nobody <clears throat> cares yet, right? Like the pipeline one and all that. Like, um, and, and the thing is, is since nobody cared about that one, because most people fucking hate the utility companies, right? Now they're trying... Oh, like the terrorists that, you know, they're, they're using it or they're trying to say like, ah, North Korea. Right. But the funny thing is, is they've reached a stage where people like the boogeymen because the government hates them. Right. Like, and I'm not joking. If you go out on the street, like people say, oh, what's going on in North Korea is bad. But I do like the fact that they piss off the government is like where people are at on the street right now. It's like when you're so unpopular that evil people become popular because of their opposition to you, you know, things are getting bad. Like nobody cares if North Korea is like, you know, running a nuclear program with Bitcoin, which they're totally not. But the thing is, is like, okay, so like you run your nuclear program with dollars. Let's ban dollars. Right. Like. The, the arguments are just not getting traction. And so they keep throwing all of these false flags. And the thing is, is like, how many times have they gotten caught too? So they play a dangerous game trying to do more and more false flags to try to blame their political opponents because it's, it's completely blowing up in their face every time. I think as far as false flags go, um, you know, like Alex Jones was on Tucker Carlson on yeah. Twitter in the last two or three days. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, yeah, he was on Tucker Carlson, you know, even even like your show, Doug, like this, you know, um, you know, Twitter used to be I I watched Twitter getting censored heavily with like the, you know, certain hashtags in like 2017 or, you know, 2018. And then Elon Musk bought it. And now Liz Cronkin's back and they're talking. I mean, after Alex Jones was on there, they're talking about, you know, Elon Musk is going to talk about getting him back. My point as far as false flags. I think, you know, when, when communication gets shut down, then, you know, uh, false information is more prevalent. But, you know, the, the first amendment, you know, uh, I think really allows people to help discern truth, um, you know, being able to talk openly and challenge ideas and even propose potentially false ideas so people can challenge them. And ultimately, you know, like the truth will set us free. Maybe that's like pretty cliche, but I mean, some truth. You think we see uh, in 2024, we see some bigger names talking about Monero because I feel like this things are going a little bit more mainstream as as Alaska Anon is saying in terms of people being frustrated with government, opening up their eyes to this idea that, uh, you know, they they may not have our best interests in in mind. Right. You see Tucker Carlson, he's getting huge. He's interviewing Alex Jones. Do you think Monero entered enters the picture at some point in this in this realm where it starts to get discussed a, a higher level among just us, right, the Monero people? I think that's part of the network effect. You know, the more people use it, the more you know the people trade it, the more people think about it and talk about it. Then people with a little more, uh, you know, a million social media followers who maybe don't want to stay away from certain topics at some point later on, 
the zeitgeist changes and people feel more comfortable thinking talking openly um i mean that when we talk about the defeating agents that's exactly what happened with the defeating agent stuff i've been into that since 2009 and it was considered even though mit did a whole write-up on that stuff we talked about in 2007 it was still considered a fringe and you know ridiculous and then in the last 10 15 years i've li i've literally watched the whole thing shift and i think that same thing can happen with monero i mean it already has happened with monero just um but i mean i think it can happen a lot more can i make a prediction right here right now i think that the moment that monero goes mainstream is going to look like this like big bitcoin people who are not not part of the inner circle of the financial system right but they're still like big big time bitcoin there's going to be regulations that come out and say, and, the, and those big Bitcoin people are going to say, why are you regulating us? We are compliant and we're transparent and we're one of you. Go regulate those Monero guys over there. And then the inside circle is going to be like, Shh, don't say the M word, right? And then that's going to, the, the Streisand effect, all of a sudden, all of these people who have been playing with the idea of getting into Monero or getting into Bitcoin and all that, they're going to be like, Monero, what's that? And there will be like 10, 20,000 people who just from those conversations that were just like, at, you know, on the fringe of Bitcoin, but not really using it or whatever, they're going to go look into Monero and find themselves super interested in what Monero is saying because of like the, the, the culture, the, like the, the cultural effect of, you know, what kind of people are in Monero. And then that's going to be the genesis of the normies flooding in is those people spreading the message. And it's all going to start with Bitcoiners hating on Monero to try to stay away from regulations. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's that gonna, and then it's going to go Streisand mode. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I, I could see that. Body, what do you think? I think by all ways and all means. Like, <laughs> uh, this whole, like, so we're seeing a lot of, like, stories that look um, depressing. You know, like, right, is the government going to open up the, the potential to tax your unrealized gains? I hope they do it. I hope that they just continually press things more and more ridiculous so that we end up in a situation like Argentina. So that everyone is like, wait a second, this shit is so bad. Half the people are just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's elect an anarchist. Like the guy says he's an anarchist. He, he, I mean, the things that he says are crazy sometimes like, and okay, maybe he's a puppet. We don't know yet. Like I'm not, I'm not simping for, for some politician. Right. Um, but I want to see things get so bad that everybody just realizes how ridiculous it is. And then, uh, and then starts just saying, you know what? We practically can't comply. Like, Practically speaking, we can't live our lives and obey all these rules. So let's let's just like forge a new path. Unfortunately, I, th I think it's going to have to get to that. I really do. Yeah, and so I say sooner than later. Let the government pass as many. Let Senator Senator Warren um, ban Monero. Let them capture Bitcoin. Let them uh, charge unrealized gains. Let them let them do your six hundred dollar transactions. Like you have to fill out a form every time you do a six hundred dollar transaction. Great. I support all of it. I want all of that to happen because the sooner we get there, the better. So I wanted to also point out something that a lot of people aren't considering, and that is the demographics of wealth. So right now, there is a massive, massive pile of cash and assets and so on in the hands of like really old boomers. And their wealth is about to be transferred in mass. Almost 90% of it is going to be transferred 
to maybe their kids, maybe their, you know, godson, you know, I'm sure some of it will make it to charities. Some of it will probably go to Israel because they love Israel, right? Just like, let's give all of our money to Israel. <laughs> but like a whole bunch of money is going to tr- change hands in like this five-year period that I think we're literally knocking on the door of it right now. And the only comparable wealth transfers would be Wu flu COVID bucks, right? And uh, the, uh, what was that called? Where basically the government in four waves just gave a crap ton of money to the banks. Um, QE, right? QE one, two, three, and then unlimited, right? <laughs> the, so the, the, those two wealth transfers are significantly different though, right? Because it's not private wealth moving into the hands of private wealth. All of those were like stimmy bucks in one. And the reason why I bring it up is, have you ever noticed how people immediately move to the right when they get their first check and see how much taxes, right? Imagine what's going to happen when a whole bunch of relatively poor people become relatively rich, right? And imagine what's going to happen when the government tries to get a cut of all of that money moving around. You see what I'm saying? Like, that might be one of the biggest political shifts to the right that will ever take place in such a short period of time from one single event. And it's going to be interesting how far to the right those people go. Because if anybody remembers how extreme Gen X is with everything they do, right? It's, I mean, they, they're really volatile people as far as a generation goes. So what's going to happen when all of a sudden a crap ton of money moves from the hands of the boomer parents to the Gen X children is going to be a, a very interesting thing to watch. Good point. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's happening now, right? And just, and just the transfer itself um, as that's taxed, right? As whatever, the, 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 the taxes that come along with the transfer of the wealth itself will, will wake people up. People thinking about, you know, what would have been a better way to transfer my wealth without the government involved? What are they spending it on? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very real. Uh, I've I've had I've had conversations with with my parents recently. Right. Their their eyes are opening to all of this. Uh, they're realizing how their how their money is locked up, um, and you know it's 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 corralled. Right. They're see, they're seeing they're seeing that at the end the government the government comes for its uh, pound of flesh no matter what um anything else you guys want to bring up we've been on for over two hours we already lost tux i think you you had to go there was there was one thing so i wanted to talk just a little bit more specifically about the whole op return and the comparison to transaction extra um so i'm not 100 sure if um okay actually let me let me attack this from another vector so with monero um uh transaction extra was unlimited um there had been debates in the past years ago where they were like, should we keep it? Should we not keep it? Um, it gives you extensibility. Like, as you can see with Samurai Wallet on Bitcoin, OpReturn gives you extensibility to be able to build a protocol um, on top of it. Although technically there's a debate about whether you really need that or not. Um, it, it does. There is a, an argument to be made that the information they put there should be on chain um, for coordination purposes. Okay. Um, but so what Monero did is that we didn't change the protocol yet, right? Like, I could still run an old client that doesn't limit transaction extra. Um, like for example, if I'm running a node as a relay, I would still relay, if I wanted to, I could still relay transactions that have um, transaction extra greater than one kilobyte. So it's not technically a protocol um, consensus yet, 
but the update to the reference client, the, the, you know, the client that the core team puts out, um, doesn't, it chooses not to relay transactions greater than one kilobyte. And that basically fixed the problem, right? That there at least significantly limits the problem, um, by capping the amount of arbitrary data storage that can be done in a single transaction. So, um, that was something similar that happened in Bitcoin before SegWit Taproot, um, that reading through that thread, it sounds like um, the core Bitcoin wallet implemented um, a 40 byte limit. That was like they went down to 40 bytes and then they're like, well, no, actually, we, we could do 80. And then so the, the reference client on Bitcoin bumped that up to 80, 80 bytes. So um, I don't think it's part of the protocol consensus. I think hypothetically you could run an implementation of Bitcoin that relays um, op return. It's significantly larger. Maybe they did put that into the protocol. I could be wrong about that. I'm not totally sure. But at any rate, um, you can choose to have a relay that, you know, as Luke Dash Jr. has done, you can have a choose, you can choose to relay uh, and cap that at 42 bytes or, or whatever you want, cap op return, which is the transaction extra of Bitcoin. Um, so I just wanted to sort of like clarify a little bit about the, like what that solution, what that landscape looks like at the moment. Um, Monero is probably going to, to reduce that from one kilobyte to 250 bytes or eliminate it entirely, um, probably with the next hard fork, which hopefully includes Seraphis. Um, but yeah, so it, it does seem like it does seem very arbitrary. Like the thing that Luke supported, and I think he still supports like that thing is causing megabyte, 1 million bytes plus to be dropped on chain. And he's sitting here fighting samurai wallet over six bytes and then making a big show of it. They even had like a conference where they went with their lawyers. Like they, they, the Samurai Wallet, like one of the lead guys, got on a on a conversation with some lawyers for yes. um for Luke Dash Jr. and and Ocean Mining and all those guys. So the whole situation is just weird. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make so, to clarify the difference there in that and what, what transaction what action. Think, Go ahead. Sorry. What do you think Luke Dash Jr. is then up to? Like what 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 are his what's his real like motives here? What does he want Bitcoin to be? I mean, so is he then? Intention, intentionally uh, filtering out these samurai transactions, or I mean, do you mind if I speculate a little bit on that? Yes, please do. Sure. Please. I'll, I'll so say here's mine the really thing. quick. I think Luke is a troubled, is a weird troubled individual, and he does not exhibit like high level, <laughs> high level functioning in the sense of like just being a normal human. He might be able to do code, but I wonder how much of his mind is really there. But yeah, go ahead. Man. Well, that, that, that was actually part of where I was going to go with that. Like it's, you know, a, a person can only like psychoanalyze somebody from it. And, you know, Michael would even argue with the term psychoanalysis, but just get a read on a person, right. would probably be a better way. You can only do that so much from, you know, where we're at, right. It's not like we're going out drinking beers with them every Friday or whatever. But that said, I think that enough evidence is there to speculate. Perhaps the man is trying to carve out for himself a position in a higher crowd, or at least how he views it as a higher crowd. He's trying to carve out for himself like a seat at the table with the big guys, right? And one of the reasons I believe that is as a man who spent a lot of time with nerds, right? A lot, a lot of the time, especially in the world of nerds, like, they, you know, they have this feeling of having been oppressed for whatever reason and like fight the power, let's get. And then the minute somebody offers them a seat at the table, they will just straight up fucking grovel, right? Like all of their ethics are out the window, all of their fight the power, like 
I've seen it so many times. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you give them a cheap hooker and a steak and all of a sudden they're just like, I'm your best friend now. Like it's because it, it was really the desire for power that they can't have that caused like their fight the power lash out, whatever. And this guy is like the textbook case of a dude who just got offered a seat at the right. Right. Total 180 on a bunch of stuff like joined the the technocratic overlords as fast as he possibly could like is trying to get in control of like a major mining pool you know talking with the big bankers and the you know the the cartel whatever now once again i don't know the guy maybe he's super fucking and he has like really good arguments for all that but from what i can see with my limited looking at this guy from a thousand yards away, right? He shows all of the signs and symptoms of the classic, like somebody just offered me, you know, some crumbs from the the, the landlord's table. And now I want to go stomp on everybody else the way that I was stomped on sort of. I think that's uh, pretty likely. I'll, I'll go with that one. I agree. Um, all right, guys, I say we ended here. Thank you, everybody. We do these shows every weekend, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Alaska Anon, I see people are asking for your Twitter or if you're doing it, if you do your own YouTube show. I don't know if you have any comment there, but uh, yeah, pe- pe- people are Who's asking that. <laughs> uh, I saw somebody here. Why would he do a YouTube show? YouTube is for the devil. Like, use, uh, <laughs> use, use Odyssey or Pure I will go. I will go on the body show. I've said it before. Like I would totally do. Like, as long as it doesn't mean we don't, we have less of you guys here. Uh, I'm all for. Oh no, I'm gonna be here every Saturday if I can. Always stick around. Yeah. Dude, you've uh, seen me on this show driving trucks and forklifts and stuff. Like <laughs> I literally do it at work if I have to. I don't care. I will fucking be here like every time I possibly can. I greatly appreciate that, man. You you add a ton to the show. Obviously, body you too, man. So much. Uh, and shortwave, uh, we, we appreciate you jumping on week after week now. Uh, but yeah, every every weekend, guys, we do these shows. We will see you next week as I play out the outro over here, if I can find it. Ba-ba-ba. All right, guys. Ciao. Later, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Mineratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.